Coming to you live from the Venetian Hotel in Las Vegas and Money 2020, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. If you're looking to grow your digital banking business, check out Lemonade LXP, the digital growth platform for financial institutions and fintechs. Lemonade LXP has both ingredients you need to drive digital growth, a learning experience platform that uses daily micro-learning to give staff the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support your digital capabilities, and a digital adoption platform that supports your digital capabilities with technology walkthroughs that you can author in just minutes. So if you're rolling out new technology, merging with or acquiring another FI, or just looking to drive digital banking growth, you gotta drink the lemonade. For more information, check out Lemonade LXP at www.lemonadelxp.com. Here we are once again at the Venetian in Las Vegas, Nevada, Money 2020, and Bankadelic's second consecutive year out here. Lou Carlozo, your host. It has been an incredible convention so far. I have had the privilege to talk to, at this point, more than a half dozen industry leaders, subject matter experts, and there will be more podcasts to come. I promise you that. And if all goes well, recording of a presentation I'm going to make about how to get media for your financial institution, startup, small business, whatever it happens to be. If you want to get in the press, maybe I can offer some helpful tips, God willing. Speaking of subject matter experts, we have a veteran here, someone with really strong values, views that I wish more fintechs and other people in the industry would take on. We're going to get into all of that, and that's Paul Dwyer. Based in the D.C. area, Paul is the CEO of V Americas and has been head of the company for close to a quarter century. He founded the company, and we'll get into this as well, with his wife and brother-in-law. I love that story. The company's motto is empowering lives through money transfer, and V Americas offers money transfer, bill payment, check processing, and top-up services at agent locations across the U.S., and a network of thousands of payout locations throughout Latin America, India, and Asia. The Americas provides easy, fast, and safe international payments and superior customer service. Dwyer, and I am impressed by this very much so, is a Harvard Law School graduate. And by the description of his peers, Paul is an outstanding leader with a solid reputation in the remittance industry. Paul, welcome to Bankadelic. Lou, thanks a lot. I appreciate the invitation to be here. I'm just dying to know. I love origin stories. And sadly to say, a lot of them these days are about, well, I was sitting in a coffee shop in the Silicon Valley and this tech genius came up to me and we've just raised $55 million. That's That's an okay story, but it lacks personality and warmth and heart and on top of that seeing and seizing on a great idea with the support of people that care about you and that you really care about so founding this company with your wife 
and brother-in-law. Take us back and take us back to what it was that inspired you to do this. Well, uh, it was December 1999, and uh, it was the dot-com bubble. Um, Dot-coms were uh, flourishing, and at least in, in the capital-raising area. And I was a practicing lawyer. I had been practicing for 13 years and doing uh, work in Latin America mostly. And, and um, a good friend of ours, a good friend of the company's, uh, uh, Junior Garrido in, in Miami, uh, came to uh, Joe Argalagos, my, my brother-in-law, with a business plan to do a kind of international e-tailing business, uh, kind of buy it here, deliver it there mm-hmm. for uh, grocery baskets to the Dominican Republic. Wow. And that's where the, the germ of the idea uh, uh, came from. And um, Joe, my brother-in-law, and Lily, my wife, we, we all discussed it, and it sounded very interesting. Uh, and at first we thought, well, let's extend that. Let's not do grocery baskets, but let's also do gift certificates. And, and from there we got to money transfer because every agency that we went to to sell the idea of grocery baskets or gift certificates um, said, well, that's nice, but can you send money? So uh, we evolved towards money transfer over the first uh, year or so, um, and then the dot-com bubble burst. Uh, they say, <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> they say that you can time any market. When the lawyers start jumping in, that's the time that it's like at its peak. <laughs> I love and, that. And the lawyers jump in, you jump out. That's, that's the time to jump out. So literally within <laughs> two weeks of resigning from my law firm, uh, the NASDAQ market uh, peaked, and... Uh, we say that we started an internet company and then we found we had to build a real business. And and we did. We just um, started building from the ground up, state by state, uh, license by license, because this business is licensed at the state level. You need to get a license in, uh, in every state you operate in. And opening agencies and establishing payment relationships, all just uh, simultaneous uh, brick by brick, uh, blocking and tackling. Wow. Love it. Blocking and tackling, too. I come from a football family, so <laughs> I can appreciate that. Now, one of the things we discussed early on, and I thought it was important enough that I wanted to get this in from the get-go on the podcast, is your view on physical agents, the small and medium-sized businesses, the brick-and-mortar businesses, that they are extremely important to you. You are 100% behind them, and in this age of disintermediation, you are standing your ground and for reasons you feel very strongly about. Tell us about what you see going on in the industry and why it's so important to you to run against the tide. We think that the agents are an incredibly important part of the communities that they serve. And uh, we are 100% behind them. Our typical agent owns uh, one location. It's a, it's, a family business, typically, yes. and we understand that, and we're a family business. You're a family business, business and, yeah. And we are proud to be a large part of the business of those businesses, and um, we think that just as the big box stores really gutted retail mm-hmm. on Main Street, yeah. um, others are trying to gut the financial services retail on Main Street, yes. and... Um, there's a lot of, of, of hoopla around uh, digital financial services and digital remittances. 
Uh, but the reality today, 20 years in, is that someplace between 75 and 85 percent of the remittances originating in the United States are originating in brick and mortar locations. Yes. Okay. So while digital is important and while it's convenient, um, those companies that, uh, those that are digital first and digital native, well, that's their thing. And that's fine. They're serving that customer segment. But those that that are originally a brick and mortar company and that are trying hard to grow their own digital are ultimately trying to disintermediate their agents. They're trying to convert customers that are retail customers into digital customers. And we think that that is something that deserves calling out. Yes, I would agree. In fact, it to me, and this is my phrase, I hope it fits, I think it does, is you're really an example of capitalism done right. Well, I hope so. I mean, ultimately, capitalism is, uh, is profit-driven, and you can have all the good intentions in the world, but unless you have a successful business, those intentions go nowhere. Uh, but we, we do think that one of the very positive byproducts of, uh, of our very profitable business is that we help thousands of small businesses uh, do very well. Amen. Amen. That is really something that's close to my heart. And I'll tell you why, because at the end of the day, I consider myself as a solopreneur to be something of a small business. So I see the struggles firsthand, and I'd rather not get into mine. This is not the Lou Adelic podcast, but what I see out there, and I'm sure you see a lot as well, there's also this trend in financial services that, well, I'm going to exaggerate a little bit here, but small to medium-sized businesses, oh, the profit margins are too small. It's not worth working with them. We've got other things to do. And you come from a very opposite place in terms of the way you run V Americas. What do you make of that attitude? It seems that really it's misplaced for a lot of reasons and we can do better. I agree. I agree. It's easy to design a business on a whiteboard. It's much harder to get down into the trenches and, and get your fingernails dirty and, and just work on a street-by-street, block-by-block basis. And we're comfortable with that. That's how we built the company. It's the strength of the company. Uh, uh, it's much easier to go sign a contract with a, a major national retailer and get a 1,000 locations in one fell swoop. Uh, you might not do much business at each of those locations, but... Uh, but at least you can you can sign them up. It's a lot harder to uh, to do the ones and twos. But that's what we built ourselves to do. We have the best, bar none, the best sales force in the industry, uh, with excellent leadership. Um, and I think our agents really appreciate everything that that we can do for them. Uh, beyond the money transfer, we do check processing. Uh, and, you know, people hear that and sometimes they roll their eyes. They say, checks. I mean, haven't they disappeared yet? <laughs> and, and the answer to that is no, nope. they really haven't. Yeah. Um, and especially um, in the um, in the kind of small business payroll world, checks are still extremely important. And um, so what we provide to our agents is a, a state-of-the-art processing system that allows them to 
manage the risk on checks that they're cashing for customers. We're not a check casher. We're not the check casher. Yeah. The agent is. But we give them a way to, to process those checks. And uh, the byproduct of that is that we provide uh, the infrastructure that allows for very competitive check cashing that really serves uh, the uh, the people that you know, can least afford to pay the 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 high fees that national check cashing uh, yeah. chains typically typically charge. So mm-hmm. uh, so we're we're proud to support the agencies. We're very proud of our tech stack and the the infrastructure that's behind uh, behind the business uh, that we do. And um, and you know we think that the vibrancy of uh, small business in a lot of t- of towns really depends on uh, a good, healthy financial services uh, offering that that we're happy to help provide. Yeah. As far as checks are concerned, if they were on their way out, why does every banking app known to man and woman? Have remote deposit capture. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I mean, you know, sometimes statistics can be misleading because you you see statistics about you know the percentage of of payments that are done through checks, and yeah, there was a segment of, of check that, that and that has been declining, but there was a segment of checks that people that were you know very thoroughly banked were writing to pay bills, yeah. and when uh, online bill pay really came in and, and, you know, caught on, mm-hmm. um, that reduced the, um, the amount of checks that people were writing. But that didn't affect the, the kind of small business payroll sector. A lot of small businesses still are very happy writing checks. They like the float that the checks give them. And yeah. It gives them more control. Um, so we're, you know, we see our check business just growing leaps and bounds. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. I had a contractor over at my house recently for a major HVAC project, and it was fairly expensive. And when I asked him how he wanted to be paid without a second's hesitation, he said, can you write me a check? Of course. And that's how a lot of it still gets done. Of course. I mean, there's no interchange on checks. Yeah. Right? So there's no merchant discount rate. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to pay, you know, two, two and a half, three percent yeah. uh, to accept a check. You're going to... You take some risk. You take counterparty risk. Uh, that check has to be good, mm-hmm. um, but that's what we help our agents uh, manage. Yes, and um, and especially for large ticket payments. And many many times it, that contractor might have gone to one of our agents mm-hmm. and cashed that check. Well, probably bigger. <laughs> it sounds like a major project. <laughs> probably bigger than the ones that we handle. But yeah. uh, but he may have cashed it in order to pay his workers in order to to, uh, you know, get quick liquidity on that, uh, on that check. So it's, uh, they're, they're still an important part of the payments system. One question I wanted to ask you is, uh, you also, I'm fascinated by history. I'm a mm-hmm. student of history and you know quite a bit about the landscape of remittance in Central and South America going back to World War II. Well, God, I've got to hear about this. Uh, share the perspective with me so that I uh, can be educated and fascinated, frankly. Well, the post-World War II, when, when the global economy was being reshaped, uh, there were uh, certain basic, uh, basic uh, principles that the U.S. 
was championing, and one of those was that there should be free movement of labor. I'm sorry, a free movement of capital. Mm-hmm. Another was that there should be uh, free movement of goods, um, but not free movement of labor. Uh, and that has created a, uh, an imbalance in the, in the global system where you have, you have uh, incredible flows of, of trade, incredible flows of investment capital, and demand for labor that can't really be uh, can't really be met in a lot of the industrialized countries, and that's the economic reality that has pushed a lot of, of people to migrate in order to support their families. If you if the only asset you have is your ability to work, you're going to go work where you can get paid the most. That's a natural human uh, inclination, and if there's a border between you and that work, you're going to find a way over, under, around that border. And um, if you're on the other side, if you're a farmer that needs uh, people to, to help them pick crops, you're going to find a way to, to you know, get that, that labor in. So there have been different programs over the years that have tried to normalize uh, flows, especially between uh, Mexico and, and later Central America and, and the United States. And, and um, some of those have worked well and others have not. But against that backdrop, people have always been sending money. And yes. the way that that has evolved, uh, it went from postal money orders that were physically delivered and could take months to, to clear to um, early wire transfers that uh, companies like Western Union really pioneered when they pivoted uh, mm-hmm. to away from a telegraph company to become more of a, of a payments company in the, in the late 80s, uh, uh, early 90s. It was a more of a, they had a, a unique infrastructure they had that messaging infrastructure that gave them a unique competitive advantage. Um, when the internet came along, that kind of destroyed that unique infrastructure, but they still had and re- remain uh, a very powerful brand and a very reputable, trusted uh, trusted company. Um, the business has evolved uh, from those paper money orders that took weeks to, to clear to uh, instant transfers that, uh, you know, when somebody walks into one of our agencies and, and does a transaction, they're walking out and they're sending a WhatsApp to to their mom mm-hmm. saying, I sent you the money. And mom is walking into a payment location five minutes later and picking up the money. So it, it is uh, it is really uh, a real-time uh, real thing that is very, very, very different from uh, what it was uh, 30, 40 years ago. Remittance at the speed of life, and also just so refreshing to hear you say laborers, farmers, looking for work wherever you can find it. You are so in touch with the end consumer that you're serving. I salute you, Paul. Thank you so much for being on Bankadelic. Lou, thank you. Appreciate uh, the invitation, and thanks for uh, the great work you do. Paul Dwyer, based in the D.C. area, is the CEO of V Americas, which is based in Florida. Be sure to look for him on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery.
Bankadelic, sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. With more than 1.2 million page views annually, Talking Biz News is the go-to source for happenings in business journalism. Whether you're a PR professional, a business journalist, or someone just breaking into the field, TBN is a source that you cannot do without. Whether you're following the Washington Post, New York Times, local media outlets, or some feisty news startup, Talking Biz News has you covered. Job openings are also listed and updated every day on the TBN website. Be sure to sign up for your free subscription to the TBN newsletter at Talking Biz News. That's Talking B-I-Z News.com. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Ken Montone. Our business consigliere, the one and only Rob Gaynor. Dude, I totally got into the show. Thanks as always to the William Mills Agency for their generous support. Thanks also to Banker Hire, Lemonade LXP, and Talking Biz News, a division of Vested LLC. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn and at the Civil War reenactment as Abraham Lincoln. Until next time... So long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.